The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Do you ever feel like you're missing out? Maybe you missed your moment. Maybe you missed an opportunity. Like even though the cryptocurrency market is crashing right now, I mean, literally the value has fallen by at least 50% within the last couple of weeks. Um, it still had, it still, if you look at it historically, right, from like 10 years ago when this first began, or maybe even less than when it first began, um, it's grown 50 times in value. So maybe you missed your moment. You know, you could have bought crypto for pennies on the dollar compared to right now. And so, you know, you're looking at like, man, what I missed out. And so what else do you, maybe you missed out on, you know, buying Apple or Amazon stock and now you're like, ah, you know, I could have retired by now. And uh, so, so as a result, here's what happens. When you feel like you're missing out, um, then you tend to jump early on other opportunities that you don't want to miss, right? But then maybe you did that. You jumped because you felt like you missed out here. You jumped over here, but then that fell apart. And so you, you found yourself in this pattern of feeling like you missed out here. So you take uh, an unexamined risk over here, but then when that falls, you get gun shy, right? You zigged when you should have zagged, right? You, you took a big risk when you should have been cautious, and then you were cautious when you should have risked and gone all in, and so you stopped trusting yourself. You go, I, I don't even know what's best for me, and so you question and second guess your decisions and the direction you go with your life, and now add the burden and add the responsibility of trying to influence others. Maybe you're leading a company, or maybe you're a supervisor, or a manager, maybe you're a parent, you're a dad, happy Father's Day, and so now it's not just your decision making, but you're seeing how your decisions affect others, and it makes you more cautious. You don't trust yourself. And so I want to introduce you to a guy who had every reason to not only second guess himself, but to be incredibly cautious with the steps he took in his life. And his name is thrown into a long list of names found in a book of the Bible called First Chronicles. It's not exactly uh, what you would consider like compelling reading. This is the part of the Bible that many people just skip over because they're like, you know, what is it and what is it there for? So I'm going to bring you to the book of First Chronicles. It's a historical book. And actually, in the chapters that we're looking at here, it's just a long list of names. In the Old Testament of the Bible, particularly when you get to the history of the nation of Israel, they valued their lineage. Uh, their their heritage, and so they would they would be able to look back and say, you know, this guy is the son of this person, who's the son of this person, and that was like a, an important part of their life. But it doesn't feel relevant to us, so I'm I'm just going to jump in and read you a list of names, and we're going to get to one guy who had a really good reason to be really gun shy, very cautious in his life. So here we go. We're going to jump into First Chronicles chapter four, starting in verse six. Uh, Nerai bore him Ahuzam, Hefner, Temni, and Ahashtarai. These were the descendants of Nerah, the sons of Hela, Zerath, Zohar, Ethanon, and Koz, who was the father of Anub and Hazabab. I know. 
You think it's funny? I think it's funny too. Usually when I read this on my own, I just kind of like blur the names together. But anyway, we're going to keep going because we're going to get to this nugget. And the clans of Aharel, son of Haram. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I may, I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. It's like this little nugget moment where like the author is writing, right? Remember, like they're like writing this like in, in like, you know, quill and ink. He's writing this list of names. And, you know, and I, it's almost to be funny just to read it over again, right? He's going, this guy and this guy and, and this guy had this son and da-da-da-da. And then he goes, then there's this guy Jabez, who's more honorable than his brothers. When he was born, his mother called his name, he causes pain. I mean, she must have had a really bad childbirthing experience. His name means causes pain. And the author felt the need just to pause in this moment and let us know that about Jabez and then say, oh, by the way, this guy prayed this prayer and God heard it and God answered. And then this is what happens, right? Like, not only, not only do you read that moment and God granted his request, and then the author just picks right up. Kayla, Shuha's brother, was the father of Meher, who was the father of Eshton, and then it just keeps right on going. So what is it that caused the author to pause in this moment and say, hold up, let, let me tell you about this guy Jabez who prayed. It's the only time that you ever in the whole, in the, history, in the story of the Bible, it's the only time you ever meet this guy Jabez, and it's a two-verse um, two biography. So what is it about Jabez that we should take note of and notice in our own lives? Well, here, here's the thing, right? Um, and, and it would be hard for you to kind of know this uh, unless you have a Bible in front of you where it, it actually says in the, this chapter and previous chapters that it's going through the lineage of this guy, Judah. Now, Judah is one of the 12 sons of, or 12 tribes of the nation of Israel, right? So this, their father, Jacob, had his name changed to Israel. Israel had 12 sons. Those 12 sons become the tribes of the nation of Israel. Judah is chosen as the ruler over Israel. So from, from the tribe or the lineage of Judah is going to come the kings and eventually the Messiah. And so Jabez's brothers, his family members, the royalty, they have significant influence. They have power and they have prosperity. And so you have, you know, you have a whole family, you have a whole clan that are wealthy and influencers and royalty. And then there's Jabez, the guy who causes pain. Like his mother, literally after she gives birth, she's like, you know what his name's going to be? Caused me great pain. But in this time, right, if you go back to this ancient time, uh, when they named people, their names weren't just a result of what happened, but they had a, a prophetic element, like looking ahead in their life saying, this is what will happen. So his mother called him this name, causes pain, meaning didn't just cause me pain, but will cause pain. I imagine that's your nickname. 
This dude is trouble. This dude is chaos. This guy's nothing but problems. So the mother's, the mother gives him his name, and the father allowed this, right? Like causes pain, will cause pain. So it had this prophetic looking ahead. So some people, they get a blessing. They're blessed and they will be blessed. This guy's cursed and will cause cursing. Caused pain, will cause pain. And so what does he do with that, right? What, what maybe jumps out a little bit, is it possible that because of the hardship in his life, because of what he had been through, it caused him to feel a greater level of desperation than the rest of his family. And what could have put him down actually caused him to rise up and become more honorable, right? He stands out from the rest of his royal family, maybe because of the pain that he experienced and what the pain did in his life, right? Because pain can make you bitter or better. And so in his life, the pain that he experienced made him better, more honorable than his brothers, and it drove him in desperation to learn how to pray. And that's really what we notice about Jabez. Jabez is not known for what he did, but how he prayed. So here's the key. Prayer is a benefit that brings God's best and blessing. Really what I want to share with you is about Prayer, the, 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 the life of Jabez is a story of prayer. Jabez prayed, God heard, and God granted him what he requested. Prayer is a benefit that brings God's best and God's blessing. But we don't live that, do we? No, we live a lot more like Jabez's beginning. We don't know what caused the pain. We don't know what pain surrounded his, um, his life. But what we know is that his life matches our life. And our life is predisposed toward pain. Maybe you're, the beginning of your life was pain. Maybe when you heard the story of how you were even conceived or maybe the early days of your life or maybe the early years of your life were full of pain. Maybe you experienced abuse or trauma as a child and so your past was filled with pain. Or maybe right now what you're going through, it's painful. Or maybe when you look ahead, you feel like your life wasn't just cursed, but you're facing a curse. It wasn't just pain behind you, but you feel like there's pain in front of you. For you and I, the reality is that there are definitely moments like Jabez where we feel like we're, it's not just that there's this cosmic curse around us or like there's something causing trouble in our life, but that we're carrying a curse. And and that's right. For every one of us, we carry a curse. There's something spiritually wrong inside of us that causes trouble in us. That, 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 that then that, that trouble in us spills out of us. The, it's cursed from the inside out. And that curse is a spiritual curse. It's because before you and I were even born, like Jabez, in the womb, being born, he was born in pain. For you and I, we were born spiritually in pain, separated from relationship with God. And because we were separated from relationship with God, trouble and pain were going to follow us. But maybe you're like, well, I don't, maybe some of you are like, I don't feel like there's pain all over my life. No, no, no. Talking about spiritual pain, being spiritually separated from God. And so as a result, we have this spiritual curse 
that sabotages and wrecks our life and leads to a forever far from God. So what does Jabez do? Born in pain, his life caused pain, and he looked ahead and said, my life is going to cause pain. And so the author, this biographer says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. In essence, God, help, but don't just help me. Give me your best and what's blessed. God, rescue me from this life trajectory of pain and do something different in my life. What did Jabez do? He looked at his life from pain toward pain and said, God, help. He cried out to the God of Israel. And here's what I know. God hears the cries of hurting people. God heard our cry before we even could make a cry. Before you were born, God already responded to the spiritual pain and curse in your life and mine. How? By becoming one of us. This story looks ahead to the story of Jesus. Where Jesus would respond to the cry of our pain. He saw that we were not only born in pain, but that we would carry the spiritual curse through our life. So Jesus came to reverse the curse. How? By taking on the full curse of sin on himself. He absorbed our eternal punishment. When Jesus died on the cross, he was absorbing our shame, our guilt, our sin curse. And so when he died, he reversed the curse, paying for the penalty of our sin in his own death. But Jesus, not only died, he rose again from the dead, victorious over the curse. And when he rose, he gave a blessing rather than a curse. He became the blessing. So when you believe in Jesus by faith, you're not only forgiven, but you're given new and forever life. And so what you and I need if we feel like, you know, there's this cosmic curse in our life, it's a curse that we're carrying. Whatever pain you've been carrying, whatever pain you've gone through, the answer to that pain is Jesus. And Jabez, it says, he cried out to the God of Israel. Can I encourage you today? Whatever you've walked through, whatever you're walking through, the best response is to cry out to God. And so I'm going to invite you, would you take that first step of saying yes to Jesus by faith? Wherever you're at, whatever you've walked through, today would be that beginning point of saying yes to Jesus by faith, knowing that he reverses the curse in your life. And so um, since we have a new way of people responding to saying yes to Jesus within Lifehouse Church, I want to encourage all of you to do this with me. I, I know it might feel just a little bit awkward, but if you all would, pull out your smartphone. We're going to put a QR code uh, on the screen right now. So I want to encourage you, would you pull out your smartphone and just scan that QR code and if you're saying yes to Jesus, would you follow the link that comes up and fill out that card so one of our pastors can follow you? The reason I want all of you to do that is because I want everyone in the room to feel safe to pull out their phone and scan that QR code. So if you would just help us out, scan it. Um, and then those of you that are saying yes, let us know by uh, filling, out, filling out that, um, that contact form. And then we want to follow up with you. So you're saying yes to Jesus by faith. You're making a commitment. You're saying, you're like Jabez, you're crying out to the God of Israel. And then you're saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. And that's what Jabez did. He said, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Here, here's what I know. Um, it, when you go back and you read the story, 
It's this. It's that he was born in pain, that he caused pain. So when he cries out to the God of Israel, here's what he's doing. He's saying, it's this idea of prayer inviting God's best and his blessing. Here's what I know. God's best rescues from pain in his way and in his timing. Now, I put that that as a parenthetical statement because there there was a book written many years ago called The Prayer of Jabez by Bruce Wilkerson. Um, And I I actually almost avoided this passage simply because of that book because I I didn't want to kind of point in that direction. Here's the reason why. I I read that book when it first came out. I actually read it several times. I kind of read through it again uh, as I was preparing for this message. And I had this concern Because the way the book is written, it kind of almost leans toward like a formula. Like if you, like the guy who writes, he's like, I pray that prayer every day of my life and I've become a a best-selling author and I've become this, like in essence, it's like a formula. It's a trick. It's like a a secret code. And and what I want you to know is that we, we don't turn to prayer and invite God's best as some formula. We're not going to avoid pain by some trickery. God's best rescues us from pain in his timing and in his way. The prayer of Jabez, like if you just prayed this every day, you're not guaranteed to never experience pain. In fact, just the opposite. We know that when we believe in Jesus by faith, we will face pain. We will endure pain. What, it, what prayer does, when I begin to turn to God in prayer, I know that prayer invites God's best and his blessing in my life. I know that God is for me, not against me. So prayer reshapes my perspective on pain. It refocuses my perspective so that pain is no longer a problem, but I see the process of God at work in my pain. So when I pray, I, God's best does rescue me from, from pain, but not in the way I always think it should happen, right? Here's what I know. Jabez, whose name means causes pain, and we don't know the circumstances around that pain. What we know is that Jabez didn't fall into a mentality of victimhood. And he also didn't try to do it on his own. Like, this isn't like a Father's Day message of like, you know, try harder, pull it together, take, take the bull by the horns, right? Like, that's not Jabez. Jabez doesn't just work harder and try harder and, and just make it happen on his own. You know what he does? Jabez is known not for what he did, but for how he prayed, he turned to God in prayer. He said, God, my, my life direction is going to cause pain. Help. Would you do something different in my life? For you and I, the answer to inviting God's best that rescues us from a life of causing pain is prayer. Prayer is the pathway to a different future. So he prays this way. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. It's, it's, a, it's a declaration. It's a prayer not just of desperation, but of declaration. It's saying, God, I have no other help and no other hope than you. Oh, God, that you would bless me indeed. Here's what happens. Prayer invites God's best. God's best brings blessing. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. 
indeed. Here's what I want to make sure you, you, you don't um, miss. God's blessing is not what we want, but what God wants. When I say, oh God, that you would bless me indeed, what I'm saying is not, God, give me what I want. Give me my best. Give me what I think is best, right? Our sin nature has fractured us so that our desires trick us into believing that things that are bad for us are actually good for us. So if I pursue what I think is best, it may not actually be what's best for me. When you pray and you say, God, I want your best in my life. You're asking for God's blessing. Oh God, that you would bless me indeed, right? You're saying, God, I want your blessed, your, your best, which means, God, I want your goodness. I want your favor in my life. I'm inviting God who knows best to do best in my life, even if it doesn't look like what I think is best for my life. If you begin to pray that way, it would change your prayer life. It would also change your focus. You begin to see the circumstances of your life differently because you would begin to recognize God is for me, not against me. And you begin to see pain differently. You begin to see circumstances differently because you'd stop interpreting everything that looks wrong as wrong because you know God is fighting for me. God is at work in my life for his best. And he's blessing me as a result of it. So this is not a message about just a prosperity uh, invitation, right? Like God just wants to give you everything you want. You can have the best car and the biggest house and the best job and your business is going to prosper. We're going to get to that in just a moment. What it does mean is I'm saying, God, I trust you to bless my life with your favor and your best. When we ask for God's blessing, what we're saying is, God, I want what you want for my life. And we invite God's resources, his wisdom, his spirit to guide us and lead us so that we don't have to constantly second guess every decision that we make. We're saying, God, I have you, which is the best blessing I could ever get. In a previous message I, I just did, I said, the, 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 the answer to every prayer is God's presence. So God is the best blessing. So when I ask God to bless me, I'm saying, God, not only do I want you, but I want your best for my life. But then he, he, Jabez also prays this. He says, oh God, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, which sounds like give me more, give me abundance, which is kind of what he's praying. But when you put it in context, here's what he really is saying. Prayer invites God's best. God's best brings increased influence. God's best brings increased influence. God's best brings more of what God wants in your life. Did you catch that? More of what God wants and what God's doing in your life. So let, let me put it in context. Jabez is living in the ancient nation of Israel. He's from the lineage of Judah. They're living in the promised land. The promised land is God's promise for the nation of Israel, that they should occupy the land God promised them. So really what Jabez is praying is this, God, would you give me more of what you told us we should have? Give me more of what you're already doing so that I can use it for you. Hold up. This is his prayer. God, 
Would you increase in my life so that I can serve you more? Right? Increased influence and increased land meant increased responsibility because you have to work the land. If God enlarged Jabez's territory, it would mean longer hours and longer days and more work and more responsibility. And if you know, right, as things grow, it's a greater burden, not just a blessing, right? It's more, the, the reward for hard work is more work. And he's saying, God, I want more work. Would you give me more of what you want to do in my life so that I can have more, so I can serve you more, and so that I can use it for you? I promise you, if you begin to pray like that, God, would you increase my influence so that I can serve you more and do more for you? God will hear and God will answer. Pray, God, enlarge my territory for you. I hope every dad prays that kind of prayer. God, would you in, increase my influence so that I can use that influence to help others and honor you? God, would you, you, you wanna pray for a promotion? You wanna pray for a raise? Here's how you pray. God, I'm doing as much as I can with what you've given me for you. I'm giving as much as I can to the church to, to build your kingdom. God, would you give me more so that I can give more? Would you increase my influence so that I can use it to influence others toward you? I promise you, you start praying like that and you're going you're gonna to begin to, in God's way, see God bless and enlarge your territory in the way that only God can. As a church, that's how I pray. God, we're, we're trying to maximize every opportunity and every situation. We're, we're trying to stretch every dollar that's given to the, to the church so that we can, we can use it to increase your kingdom. So God, would you give us more? It's about one and one more. God, we want to reach new people. We want to see our, our services grow and expand. We want to reach our city in a better way. God, we want to use every dollar we can to have a greater impact. God, enlarge our territory. Help us to add new services. Help us to add new new ministries. Help us to reach a, reach a new city. Help us to reach our city in better ways. Help us to reach more neighborhoods. Help us to start new churches. Help us to start new campuses. Why? So God, that you would enlarge our territory, because if you're enlarging our territory, you're enlarging your territory through us. Come on, man. Let's pray that kind of prayer. Now, let me, let me give you a, a few more key pieces as I prepare to wrap this up. As he's praying, he says, God, enlarge our territory. He goes this, that your hand would be with me. He says, God, I, I recognize that if you enlarge my territory, the blessing will feel like a burden. So you know what I need? I need more of you. So God, would you put your hand on my life? Prayer invites God's best. God's best is his presence and his power. If you're gonna pray for God to bring increase in your life, to expand your business, to bring uh, blessing and promotion in your life. If your finances grow, you know what you're gonna need? More of God. I, ha I have found this absolutely to be the case. As our ministry has expanded, you know what I've discovered? I don't know nearly what I thought I knew at the beginning. What I needed what I need is more of God. I need more of God's hand on my life. And I've prayed like Jabez. God, I want you to enlarge our territory. But Lord, I need more of you. 
I, I, I did a whole sermon on this in the previous message of this series, and so I don't want to preach this one, one again, but I just want to simply say this. The answer to every prayer is God's presence. And if, as God blesses you, what you're going to need is more of God. And so pray, God, don't just give me increase. If you're going to give me increase, increase your presence and your power in my life. If you give me more, I need more of you. I need more of your word, more time alone with God. Here's what happens. As you have increase in your life, you tend to get busier. You tend to have more responsibility, which, te- which means people who work hard tend to spend less time in God's word and prayer. What Jabez is saying is, God, I need your hand on my life. I need to spend more time with you. You will find that as, as God increases your influence, you need to spend more time alone with him, not less. And it says this. He says, that your hand would be upon me and that you would... Keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. The, the blessing can look like a burden as our life increases, our influence increases, suddenly now it's bigger responsibility. Well, I also know that with success and growth and increase comes greater vulnerability. Pride can seep in. You become a bigger target to the enemy. And so Jabez prays, God, if you're going to bless me and you're going to enlarge my territory, then I need your hand on my life. I need you to guard my heart from pain, guard my heart from evil and temptation, and keep me from causing others pain as you bring blessing. Meaning, if you're going to increase my life, I don't want that increase to hurt my family. Keep me from causing pain to those around me. I don't want greater power in my life. I don't want to be corrupted by greater power. I don't want success to destroy my family. I don't want increased finances to cause poverty in my marriage. That's what he's praying. God, keep me from pride and temptation and the vulnerabilities that come from increased influence and guard me from causing hurt to others. And then, and then um, you know, so here, here's the key point. This is what I want you to take away. God invite, prayer invites God's best. God's best keeps us from evil, from evil, from temptation, and from causing pain because as a result of the increased influence. Pray that kind of a prayer. And then, and then this is how the, the story kind of wraps up. It's a, it's a simple thing. He goes, and God granted his request. God responded to that kind of a prayer. And so here's the key. God wants to answer prayers for his best and his blessing. If you look at the story of Jabez, what really should jump out is that Jabez isn't just another name on the list. He's not just another number in the sequence. God noticed, God heard the cry of an individual in pain. You are not just another number. You are not just a name on a list. God knows you. God sees you. God cares about you. And as your heart cries out and says, God, I need you in my life. God wants to hear those kind of prayers. And God doesn't just want to hear those kind of prayers. God responds to those kind of prayers. God is responding to the prayer of your heart. And so here's how I want to I want to wrap this up. I thought it'd be really cool to take a moment and invite dads to pray a blessing over their family. Now I pray a blessing, but then after I lead you in a prayer, I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over dads. And over those of you, you don't have a dad. Maybe your dad wasn't the kind of person in your life that would pray over you. Or maybe you've been fatherless. I'm gonna pray over you right now. And so here's what I'm gonna do. First thing I wanna do is I wanna pray over 
dad, I want, I, want, I want to lead dads in praying for their family right now. So if you're joining us in our Hagerstown campus, you're online, man, you grab something, you, you get with your family right now. Dads, I want you just to put your hand around your kids right now. And I want to lead you in this prayer, right? And I, I kind of wrote some, something out just so I can kind of lead you in it. But um, here, here's what I want you to do. Ready? You're going to join me and I'm going to, I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Go ahead. Take a moment. Put your hands around your kids. Maybe put your hand on your wife if they're here. By the way, if they're not here, you don't have them in the room with you. When you get in the car or you go out and do something, before you do that, you pause and you pray blessing over your family. Now let's pray. Oh God, I pray that you would bless my children and my wife in Jesus' name. Expand their influence and their opportunities so they will honor you and live for you. Increase their impact and make them great. Let your hand be on their life every day and keep them from harm so that they may not cause pain and keep them from evil and the plots of evil people. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we take a moment and pray over you dads. And those of you that you don't have a dad to pray over you. Heavenly Father, you are the great, all-powerful, loving dad who is father over all creation. I pray your richest blessing over every dad that's joining us right now. And God, over those that don't have a dad to pray over them, God, I pray your richest blessing over each of their lives. Would your hand be upon them? May they sense your presence and your favor and your goodness and your blessing, not just on them, but chasing them down every moment of every day that they would feel overwhelmed by your best and by your blessing. God, that you would, your hand would be heavy on their lives, they would sense your presence, expand their influence, increase your best in their life. And God, as you increase your best in their life, would you keep your hand on their lives? Would you keep them from evil? Would you keep them from the vulnerabilities that come from increased influence? God, would you surround them with the protection that comes from your Holy Spirit? And not only that, keep them from vulnerability and temptation. Keep them from evil and from evil people. Guard their hearts and their lives in Christ Jesus. Amen. I hope you feel blessed and encouraged this Father's Day. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org dot org.